Hey everybody, welcome to the Soulful Eclectic. I am your host, Diana Collins, and I am here today with Dr. Jamila Williams, and I am so grateful for her to come on the show today, and I appreciate it so much. Um, so for those of you who are new to the podcast, I want to say thank you for taking the time out to listen. I totally appreciate you. And for those of you who are returning, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I love that you guys came back to hear what we had to talk about. And I think we had some really great stuff to talk about because um, I think Dr. Jamila Williams has a couple layers that she's going to share with all of us today. And I can't wait to hear them all. I know a few of them, but um, I think she's a woman of many tricks over there. <laughs> she's hiding. <laughs> Um, so, uh, without further ado, I introduce Dr. Jamila Williams. How are you? Well, hello, Diana. I am excellent, and I'm so uh, honored to be on your program today. Oh, and uh, yes, I'm sure we will hit on a lot of subjects that are going to be interesting to everybody. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So, um, I met you, oh, gosh, it's almost already a mo almost a month, right? Um, right. A month ago at a uh, marketplace event, and um, we shared a space, <laughs> a parking lot, <laughs> and <Yes. laughs> um, but it was really great because we met a lot of great people that day, and it, I mean it, it was a beautiful day. It was hot. It was the end of uh, Black History Month, so it was really a great time to really celebrate not only what we do but who we are as a people. Um, so that was really interesting, and I, and I love events like that. So it was great meeting you. And I thought that you were just, like I said, an onion. You know, you had many layers, and I enjoyed talking to you. I mean, we had a very great conversation to the point where it was like, okay, I need to go here, and you need to go here, kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and those are great conversations. But in that, I, you know, I heard a few things. Um, that I would love to hear more about. And then you had me come on your program, which you're going to talk about too. So I would love to, you know, touch on that. But first, before we, we go for that, tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, um, as you said, I'm uh, Dr. Jamila Williams, and I earned my doctorate in educational leadership, specializing in curriculum and instruction. So uh, I started out as a teacher, and I was in a classroom. I've taught anywhere from uh, first, well, kindergarten all the way through fifth grade. And then a little bit of sixth grade in the summer school. So I love children. I love helping children. But the most important thing is seeing that light bulb go off when it's like, oh, that's what it is. And I love doing that. And so uh, after 20 years in a classroom, I became an administrator mm -hmm. because my thought is, well, I'm able to impact the children that I have each, each year, but I want to impact more. I want to do more. And so that's when I became an administrator, uh, starting out as an assistant principal and then becoming a principal of a K-8 or pre-K-8 school. Wow. And we were a very small school, so that was a little difficult, mm -hmm. but we did. And through that, I had the ability to work with the parents and to really get to understand what it's like um, when you're dealing in poverty. 
My school, schools that I worked at were always high poverty schools because that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to reach out and help those that needed help. And so my school was the highest poverty school in the district. Yay! And so, no, that was high poverty. Oh, not high scoring. Oh, I misunderstood. High, oh, no, my high God. High poverty. No. We had the poorest students, but we did, working together with the teachers when I came in as principal, we became a banner school with the high scores in pre-K three. Awesome. And uh, they were sending people to us to see how we did. See, I knew it was because, coming. you know, when you're, yeah, when you're in a high poverty area, they don't expect much out of you at all. Mm-hmm. And when our scores were coming in, they were thinking, okay, what are you doing? Because your first through third graders shouldn't be doing this. And so we had the privilege to travel to Hawaii to do a presentation and you know, my reading specialist and I, and I mean, it was just a lot of fun. And I enjoyed working not only with the children, but the teachers and the parents. Hmm. And that's where I found the need was with the, the, the mothers, mm-hmm. working with the mothers and helping them because either life had beaten them down. Right. And they were feeling like I'm not really worth much mm-hmm. or they were in relationships that weren't as supportive of them. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. Right. And uh, so I started then working on a program with the women and helping them to see the good in them mm-hmm. and to making them feel good. And that's kind of what started me on my journey. Nice. So, that's all my backstory. Well, that you know what, and and I and I love it, and I love the, the passion that you just. I mean, it, you just lit up when you were talking about the kids, and it is it's beautiful to see. Um, now I remember why I was drawn to you. You remind me of my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. King, when I was a kid. Wow. <laughs> she was just a a, a beautiful soul, um, but. You t- that was all of the things that you do professionally, right? Who are you, like, as a person? I, I'm a, a mother. Okay. I have three children, a grandmother, which I enjoy, and my grandchildren. Aww. And I retired early. And so I just like to enjoy life. And to be around people that like to enjoy life and to support them. And so that's, I'm just that type of, that person that likes to have fun Mm -hmm. and travel. I travel, travel, travel. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. (laughs) Yes, that's me. I just like to have fun and enjoy life because, you know, tomorrow's not promised. Mm -hmm. And I learned from when my mother passed, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but you better take each day and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, and be at peace with yourself. Because you never know when something is going to happen in your life that's going to change everything. Yeah. And so that's my philosophy. I just take each day and enjoy it to the fullest and try to be the best person that I can and to help others along the way. 
See, that's beautiful. And you you transitioned that and or combined it with your passion for education and educating the children. And yes. How receptive were the parents? Because I know that's a hard one during that time, you know. You're not really right. critiquing them, telling them they're a bad parent because no one's really a bad parent. Um, right. They just don't know what they don't know. So how did you come across that? Because I'm sure there was some disgruntledness there or some discourse there at, on some level. So how did you combat that? Well, there was. Um, again, being a high-poverty school, I had a lot of single moms. I had... Um, uh, students from Guatemala, uh, Native American, mm -hmm. uh, African American, uh, Caucasian, all mixed together. And just trying to make them feel comfortable in the school. And so I would be out, I would talk with them, I would have meetings and, you know, doing everything. You know, we had our parent conversations. But the group of women that I selected were the ones that I saw that they were in the school a lot. Mm -hmm. They wanted to do good, but like you said, they just didn't know. And so that was the group that I took and not teaching them about, um, you know, like you said, you're bad, you don't know, but more of let's look at what you do bring to the table mm -hmm. and move up from there. And so that was there. I remember one time I learned how to welcome my parents in Spanish. Oh. And uh, when I did, I had one of my teachers who was Hispanic to phonetically write out the words. And I got up to the mic and I was reading my little script, but because it was phonetic, I sounded like I knew what I was saying. <laughs> and so just doing things like that to make people, make oh the parents gosh. feel welcome and to get to know me, like you said, as a person. And so that was what I did. And um, I would, when I was a teacher, I would call parents and just say, your child is great. Your child had a great day. You're awesome. And it, because you know, when parents usually, when you get those phone calls, yeah. it's about, okay, what did Johnny do now? Mm -hmm. No, I just called to say that Johnny would have had a great day and I just wanna thank you for being a parent of mine. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, reaching out into the positive and trying to stay positive. Yeah. And that's really hard when you come from those poverty-stricken areas. And, and I'm going to speak to that because I did. Um, I, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, my mom had me at 15. So, you know, she was finishing school while trying to raise me. And, you know, my grandmother was very influential in raising me as well. But, um... Even at 15, my mom was like, no, this I'm going to be a mom. So she, you know, became a nurse and did all these things. So she, you know, I was able to watch that and see that. But not everyone has that. I mean, even though we still live in the inner city, in the ghetto, in the hood, whatever terminology, you know, is PC today. Um, she made it happen. And I'm always grateful for that. I mean, it was never rosy, right? You had your bad days. But at the end of the day, she showed us that there was better, that because you lived in this inner city, in the ghetto, doesn't mean you have to be of the ghetto. And I th that's one of the biggest takeaways. And I think you were that light for those students to see that even though I do live here, 
other things are possible. And I think that that that's wonderful. And I, I wish more kids had that because in that poverty-stricken, they're left to their own vices. You know, and then when something troubling happens, then it's like, oh, well, you're from there. No. Right. No. Yes. So when you stepped down, when you retired, when you started living that glorious life, right, <laughs> um, how did you begin that transition? Because it's not easy. Just just thinking about you and, you know, knowing you in this short time and having this conversation, I know it wasn't easy. How did you come to that conclusion, that decision? Well, you know, at first... It was fun, oh my goodness, not to have to get up, get up when I wanted to get up, go do what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it, I loved it. And when I retired, my mother and I moved here to Arizona from uh, from Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And so we were loving it, we were doing things and going around and everything. But then, because I'm such a people person, I was like, I, I have nothing. You know, I have my mom, and we had a great time. Mm -hmm. But I wanted more. And so a friend of mine that I was walking with was talking about a, you know, business she was in. And my question to her was, are the people nice? Right. And she was like, yeah, they're nice. And so then my next question was, do you have fun? And she's, oh, yeah, we have parties all the time, and we do this. I was like, sign me up. And I did. I signed. I didn't care what the business was. People have fun. People that are nice mm -hmm. have fun. Sign me up. And I can have some travel benefits. Oh, that's it. That was that was the done deal. And so when I first started, that's all I did. Mm -hmm. I showed up at every meeting, every event. My mom came with me, and we had fun. I got to know people. We partied. I didn't even think about it being a business. Right. It was a party. That's all I cared about. And I had so much fun until I had to really actually think about it was a business. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but you know, once I realized that, yes, it's a business, but I can still teach. Mm. I can still train. And because I like teaching and training, I was still good to go. Sign me up again. I'm rich. <laughs> so that's kind of <laughs> the transition there was easy. Um, it was difficult, though, figuring out my mom, mm -hmm. my have fun, and the business. Now, we went to the business together and had fun. My mom and I did fun things. But it just, you know, you have to learn how to manage that. Mm -hmm. So how was that? that piece because you say you live with your mom and it sounds like she passed right um so you're 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 dealing with a different type of balance that traditionally or non-traditional i would say non-traditional maybe i don't know to me everything is it's what it is it, it, it's life we're, we're all different we all different dealing with different family dynamics and things like that and we're all juggling different things so how did you manage to maintain that work-life mom balance? Because mom is a different job too, right? She's a yes, yes it was. Initially, you know, I would have uh, once a month was mom's day. Mm -hmm. And nothing else, you know, big work, nothing. It, this is mom's day. 
and we would go and do things together, uh, go play bunko with the other group of seniors mm -hmm. or go on trips and things like that. And then life, the you know, business, I got more into the travel. And so then it was just some adjustments, but just continually to remember that I love my mom. Mm -hmm. I love my mom. And when she couldn't go with me, I still would have her know that she was there in my heart. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but that is really a difficult situation. I see commercials now talking about when you're, you're taking care of your parent and different things that you could do, like the, the phones and things like that. And, and I'm like, where were they when I needed them? Right. You know, I didn't think about that maybe. But uh, I would just say to anybody that's taking care of your parents, make them, the, you know, the center. Make sure you make time for them. Make sure that they know and they feel that they're loved because once they're gone, all those shoulda, coulda, wouldas, yeah. you can't do. You know, I shoulda took her here or I would. Yeah. It, it's over. And you have to live with that. And that can be trying. It can be depressing. Yeah. You got all those thoughts. So don't do that. Enjoy your parents. Honor your parents. Take care of your parents. Have fun with your parents. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. I, I. You know what? And you say that. And um, I, I, I'm very guilty of that because I, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, my mom had me early, so we're not that far in age. I mean, we're about 15 right. years different. So for me, it's really hard to see that in peace. But as you said in the beginning, we only have one life, and we are not promised tomorrow. Right? Exactly. So um, that's something that I have to remember personally, too, that, yeah, she's, she's good today, but we don't know what happens tomorrow, right? So I, I share that with everyone also that we, we can't take that for granted um, because we do, especially now during this pandemic where we really don't know, right? And, exactly. um, and that's with vaccine, without vaccine, however you want to spin it. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and get on that soapbox, but... Right. Um, Regardless, you still are unsure. We're, we're still on, on uncharted waters here. Well, you look at the, the 14 young, 14 year old young man. Yes. He, he was 14. Nobody would expect him not to be here. No. So that's why I say, you know, enjoy your family mm -hmm. because you never know. Yeah. And don't have any regrets. Don't live with the, you know, because you'll have to live with those regrets. So, yeah. Do it now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, with, with that, you're, you're doing that juggle. You're, you're making mom the center, and you're, you're, you're doing the travel business and teaching. And, and how did you take care of you and your mental? I know traveling was your thing, and yes. that, that was an outlet for you. But what else, you know, because, again, we're dealing with a lot of mental health, especially now during the pandemic, and, and I don't want to say that, it's more prevalent. I think it's just being seen more than what it right. was. I don't think the prevalence ever changed. 
Um, it's just now people are paying attention and just a tad bit more. Um, so how are you? How were you? And how are you taking care of your mental health during, you know, all of this, even before the pandemic, taking care of mom during the pandemic? How? What did you do? Well, see, that was the issue. I was taking care of mom, enjoying the business. That was it. Mm. And so to me, I was living my best life. I was flying here and there. I was in front of this person, that person. I, I had it all, right? Mm -hmm. And I had my mom, too. But what happened is, at the more I got involved in the business, the less time I had to spend with mom. Mm. And I wasn't taking care of me at all. Because I thought I was doing those two things. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I just kind of lost myself. Mm. I lost me. I became the business. Mm -hmm. I even lost contact with mom, even though she's living with me. But I was just so involved in, in having fun, right. having fun, traveling, mm -hmm. in the business, doing this and that and the other, mm -hmm. that I forgot to take care of me physically, mentally, and I was not taking care of mom as much as I should have been. Mm -hmm. And so when my mother passed, it was devastating. Mm -hmm. I'm an only child. My mom was, was young, not as young as yours, but my mom was 18. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have a grandmother. And so when my mom passed, the business meant nothing to me mm -hmm. because my mom and I initially were working together to help me to become a director. I mean, that was the goal. Mm -hmm. And so she was patient at first <laughs> with me running around because she was supporting that goal. But when she passed, I had no goals. Mm. In my mind, my life was over. Right. You know, I even prayed, Lord, take me. Right. You know, I, I went through my children. All my children were married mm -hmm. or are married. Mm -hmm. And they have their own families. So they're good. Mm -hmm. I'm single, no husband, no boyfriend. So just go ahead and take me. Everybody's okay. And um, the Lord didn't, because mm. I'm still here. Right. But that's when I went through all those shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Mm. Because I had put work, well, it wasn't really called work, because I'm retired. <laughs> but <laughs> I put business mm -hmm. before my mom. And... When I didn't have a desire to do the business anymore, because that was what my mom and I did together, mm -hmm. then there was nothing. No business, yeah. no mom, right. no life, mm. nothing. And um, the Lord and I had many talks. Mm -hmm. They weren't good ones. Because I was angry. Right. I was angry. Because um, during the time, my mom and I 
my mom's sister had had a stroke in January. Mm -hmm. So in July, we got the report that she's probably going to be passing. So my mom and I went up there basically to say goodbye to my aunt. Mm -hmm. And um, we were staying, initially we stayed in the hotel room. And, you know, things were good. We had breakfast, you know, had everything. And then my mom, when we were supposed to leave, my mom wanted to stay one more week. Mm. Well, we didn't have the hotel, and we didn't have the hotel money. So we had to stay with my cousin, who also, that was where my aunt was. Okay. And my mom was just angry, mm. angry, 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 because she'd never seen her sister like that before. Yeah. And... I wasn't receptive enough to pick up my mom's pain mm. because in my mind, we're saying goodbye. That's your sister. I'm only child. I don't know what it is to have a sister, right? a brother. Right. Just say bye. You know, right. not that cold. No, I, no, I, 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 no, no, I get it. <laughs> but I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know and I didn't pay attention. So then she actually passed twice. The first time I was in, the, we were sharing a bed, and my mom was not feeling good. She was, you know, having stomach issues and everything. And I'm like, what's going on? What's the matter? And we thought it was a salad that she ate that was, you know, had gone bad or something. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, gave her some 7-Up, and it was just, you know, we didn't know. Right. And usually, I mean, I was taking some meds to help me sleep, mm -hmm. but usually I can wake up. You know, it's not like NyQuil or something like that where I'm out. Right. But this particular night, I was so sleepy. Mm. And so I would wake up and see my mom having issues, say something, she'd be like, go back to sleep, and I would. And then I heard this just real deep, gutsy breath. Oh. I thought, that's strange. And then I heard it again. It's like, that, something's not right. I turned and looked at my mom, and she was gone. Wow. I mean, I was picking up her arms, and mom, 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 you know, like you do. She was gone. So I ran into the next room. I got my cousin, who, a new CPR, she started CPR, we called the ambulance. Well, by the time they got to the hospital, they had resuscitated her, mm -hmm. but she was not conscious. And so, but she was breathing, I mean, she was breathing with the help. Right. So we went a whole week in the hospital. I initially sleeping on chairs, because I refused to leave mm -hmm. the room. I stayed there with her. And, um, uh, all of those, like I said, those woulda, coulda, shouldas, those God, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you wake me up? Right. So I could have helped her before she got, was gone. And so we ended up, you know, as I said, that she did pass in the hospital. They had her in, in a, um, like a hospice room, mm -hmm. and she did pass. And that was the second time, because I was in the room. Mm -hmm. And so I came out of that situation just devastated. Mm. You know, I had, you know, no goals. Right. No life. 
and I kept hearing God say, you are able. Mm. And I said, uh, God, you're talking to the wrong girl here. Right. Because this one is not able to do anything without my mom. So mom's gone. I'm done. Take me. Mm-hmm. But I kept hearing that you are able. And so I started looking up able words, mm-hmm. capable. Uh, now I can't think of them, but, you mm-hmm. know, all those words. Right. <laughs> understandable right you know, all those able words and it took us a, a positive spin and that's when I started writing the book mm-hmm. you are able yes you are able yes and uh, it's uh, moving from shattered to empowered that's when I when the Lord gave me the able to stand for awesome Bold, legendary, empowered. And so my goal with the You Are Able Academy is to help women that, like me, felt life was over. Mm. The world is done. Take me away. I mean, because you think about, like you said, uh, people lost jobs. People have lost family members. People spouses, incomes have gone, people lost children. And so there's a lot of hurting people in the world. And so if I can just touch a few mm-hmm. and help them to move forward and feel better about themselves, about their lives, and find a path, see there's a path to move forward, that's my goal. And that's a beautiful goal. I think that's a goal that um, we both share. I mean, that's that's why I started the podcast because I said there's there's a need for people that look like us, right? Right. To deliver the message that we can and that we are able, um, because yes. we hear it from non people of color. And it's like, yeah, okay, but, you know, you, you walk a different path than I do. You know, you have different, you, you may have your own hurdles that you have to get over, but they're nothing compared to mine. Right. Right? Um, so, with that, you know, we don't go seek a, assess, a assessment, but um, we don't go seek help from another professional because we were taught to deal with it on our own. Right? Handle it. Handle it the best way you know how. Um, and you just keep moving. You just keep moving. You pick it up and you just keep moving. So having that... Your bootstraps. Right. You pick up your bootstraps and you keep going. And um, and not to say that's a bad thing. Right? Because just that philosophy alone got me where I am today. Because I had to keep moving. Right? Um, so sharing that, did you... When writing, you are able. Did you have counseling? Did you go see someone? Because you're dealing with a lot of things while you're writing this book, right? You're dealing with loss. Yes. The, that those five stages of grief. Like you said, you were angry. So now this is your healing. But did you speak to someone, or this was this just a journey you started on your own? No, I did go to counseling. Uh, I went to grief counseling. I went to a personal counselor because I I was filled with guilt. Mm -hmm. It was all my fault. 
I was there. I should have seen the signs. Back to the coulda, woulda, shouldas. Why didn't I take her to Grand Canyon? Right. Why didn't I do this or that and the other? And so it was just all in my head. Um, I started writing the book and then I stopped because the emotions, because it, it was like I poured my feelings and emotions out in the book. Mm -hmm. And writing that brought up all that hurt and pain and anger again. Yeah. Like you said, those five steps of the grief process, I had to start over again. So finally I got to the point and I just wrote the book mm -hmm. because I knew that was a way that I could honor my mom. You know, thinking if, if, if I wanted to make up for those woulda, coulda, shoulda, what could I do? Mm -hmm. I write, wrote the book in her honor so that it could help someone else. And um, so I had to get counseling first and deal with the things, you know, it, it wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of times, like you said, we don't go get that help that we need. And we feel and we hold it inside. And then you get outbursts mm -hmm. and you're wondering why people are so angry. Right. Well, it has nothing to do with the situation mm -hmm. a lot of times. It's what's going on inside of them. So you've got to, you know, again, recommend anybody that's dealing with hurt or pain or feelings of inadequacy, seek help. It's okay to seek help. Now, that's one of the things I want to, that I'm developing with uh, You Are Able Academy is a way to minister to the women that are hurting. I am not a counselor. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't claim to be. But I'm a great listener. Sometimes, and I do have some knowledge and understanding of people of my own story that I can share with others. But get that professional counseling that you need. And and if you're not ready for that, you just want to reach out to somebody. You know, one of the things in my book is developing a support team. Mm -hmm. and, and it's so important to have that support team of people around you that are there for you. Yes. Not just the ones that pat you on the back, oh, you're okay, we'll help you. Right. Or the ones that say, well, you've grieved enough, just get over it. Yes. No. But those support people, the people that will listen to you mm -hmm. and just let you cry on their shoulders. The people that have said, okay, you, you've cried enough, now let's get up and get to work, get, get something done. Right. The people that, you did it, you, you got out of bed this morning, yeah! You know, get your leader. Right. Your people that are saying, all right, now what steps are you going to take? What do you want to do now? Where are you going to go? You know, I had people that say, what would your mom want you to do? Mm. Would she want you staying here laying in bed, not getting up, not taking a bath and all that? Right. No. Then let's go. So you need all those different people around that are dedicated to helping you. Mm-hmm to move through your journey, because it is a journey. So, yeah. yes, that's my suggestion. <laughs> that's a great suggestion, you know, and we, you, you know, I know on the podcast, I suggest it all the time, um, that when you need that help, it, it's not, it's okay to get help. It's okay to talk to somebody. Um, the hard thing is, as a practitioner, 
I know it's hard to find, you know, people that look like you to talk to. Yes. And that's one of the things that started me to build, you know, college education resource management because students need to see professors that look like them um, in higher education and even in elementary education, right? We need, in secondary education, we need teachers that look yes. like us. Yes. Um, because I was blessed to have several teachers that looked like me, but I also went to school in the inner city. What about those students that are actually living in the suburbs and they have to go to all white schools? That was my children, right? None of their teachers looked like them. Unless they were the hall monitors or, you know, something like that. The aides. The aides. Yes. But their primary teachers did not look like them. So um, that's the hard part. And I know that's why a lot of people don't go seek help and don't go to providers because they don't look like them. They don't understand what, what I'm going through. They're just going to tell me, like you say, get over it. How long are you going to, you know, grieve or whatever and give you these suggestions that, quote unquote, work for white people. And or give you a bunch of pills. I'll give you a bunch of pills. That was the next thing I was going to say. Or ready to pull out that prescription pad and write your prescription, right? right? Um, so, and that's not what we need. And that's not understanding who we are. Um, so I just want people out there to know that even if you're comfortable... If you, if you cannot shop around, don't have that luxury to shop around for a provider that looks like you, um, because most of the providers that look like you are probably going to be out of your network somewhere, more than likely. Um, and that's not of advantage to you. Find someone that is probably not going to be of color, but someone that is able that you're able to have that relationship with, develop that relationship and sometimes it does take going more to more than one provider to get to that one, right? That's going to sit there and listen and understand um, mm -hmm. and not pull out the prescription pad as soon as you walk through the door. Um, right. So um, I know that was probably on your mind too when you were looking for a provider or someone to talk to. Well, I know when I first started and I went to the support group, Okay. And um, it, I was still in the angry stage. Mm. I was still in denial. I knew it happened, but I, in my mind, my mom had went on vacation and she was coming back anytime. Right. And I, I really, that was my mindset. Mm -hmm. She was on vacation. And I went to a support group. Well, unfortunately, I wasn't ready to receive the help. Mm. See, that's the that's other the thing. Other you got to be open yes. to receiving. you got to be ready. I wasn't. Okay. And I went to the event. I'm, I'm still crying. And other people are crying and talking about their person had been gone for 10 years and stuff. And I'm like, well, then how are you going to help me? Right. Again, they were not like me. They didn't look like me. And my thing is, how are you going to help me if you're still crying? So obviously you don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So I got out of the group, then I saw sought a one-on-one -on -one provider, and she, even though she was not like me, 
she was so seasoned and experienced. Mm -hmm. And when I would say, you know, it's all my fault, and I could have stopped it, she's like, oh, so you're God now. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm God. She said, no, you said you could stop it. You could have changed the situation. So then you must be God. And that kind of woke me up there mm -hmm. as to, okay, if that's what God wanted, if that's how God planned, or even if it was, you know, as they say, the devil meant for evil, mm -hmm. God still was going to make it for good. And so then my main counselor after that was God. You know, I still had other people that were counseling me. Mm -hmm. But I had to let go of the anger so that I could heal. Yes. Because as long as you're angry, you can't heal. Mm -mm. You cannot heal when you're angry. So you have to let go of that anger and be open to listen and heal. Mm -hmm. And that's when the healing process started. And forgiving yourself. And then my counselor, who I loved because she was so good, retired oh gosh no that's the other bad part you find someone you you can work with and they leave and it's like no yes. so i didn't want to start over no that makes so sense. then my my uh counselor became writing this book because i was able to get all my feelings and emotions out on paper mm -hmm. and um you know for my first book I think it was pretty good. I, I did get reports from people. It was something on, uh, it was on my website. Okay. And a young lady that I knew when she was a little girl who played with my children. Mm -hmm. And she wrote me and she said that the book was just what she needed. Her parents had both passed mm -hmm. and she was feeling lost. And when she read, read my book, it gave her the ability to get herself back together, and mm -hmm. to move forward in life. So that was such a, I don't know, I can't even explain it. But that made me feel like it was all worth it writing the book. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. You touched one person, and it, that's what it was all meant for. I mean, yes. you, you definitely will touch more. But just in that, in that young lady knowing you, you know, and, and just, it, it's, wow, it's awesome. It, it, it's, yes. a, it's an amazing feeling. That I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's an amazing feeling. And, and no one can know what that feels like unless you are truly an empathetic person who cares about human beings. Um, so right. I, I, I love that journey. And, um, and I, I am going to buy You Are Able because... I'm always looking for not just new reading material, but uplifting, building reading material. Because it's a journey, like you said. You're always right. going to be working on you. Yeah. You know, anyone can say, I'm done, I'm, I'm great, I'm perfect. I haven't met that person yet. <laughs> no, me either. And honestly, I think I may be scared to meet that person if they say they're perfect. <laughs> Right, because uh, Jesus, Jesus, right, here. I'm right. It's, it's, it's my time because that's right. the only perfection I know, um, or exactly. close to perfection, right? Um, so 
I'm definitely going to um, pick up your book for sure. Thank you. Um, but traveling now, now that you've got all these healing pieces, tell me about the travel piece because um, I know people in the black and brown community don't travel very much. I mean, I think it's more than what it was 10 years ago, definitely. But um, not as much. Like, I didn't travel until I think the the place I went when I first was able to travel outside of military was Mm -hmm. I took the kids to Florida. (laughs) Right. Right? I'm like, let's go to Florida. Right? And then it's like, there's so much more. I mean, we traveled from, like, my mom's uh, ex-husband, his state. He was from St. Louis, so we went, you drove to St. Louis. But nothing as far as overseas, right? I met students that I went to school with that were from Ecuador, Honduras, Dominican Republic. But that was as close to me traveling as anyone's going to get. I, I lived in Brooklyn. It was a huge melting pot. So I was able to mix and mingle with different cultures. Unfortunately, not a lot of the Caucasian or the white culture, excuse me, of the white culture because of where I lived. We didn't have many, any white students at all um, in the area. But um, how did you start that journey. What was your first trip overseas? How about that? Wow. Well, first of all, I've always traveled. Always. Uh, Back in the day when it was safe, my mom uh, would put me on a bus up close by the driver when I was about 12, and I would travel. So, I mean, I've just always been a traveler with my children every three months. We were on vacation. Nice. You know, because I was a teacher, I was able, there was a break every three months, and we would go do something fun. Oh, Summertime, nice. we would do something fun. So I've always enjoyed travel, um, but I had never went overseas. Hmm. You know, I took my kids to all of the natural wonders in the United States, but never overseas. I think my first trip, gosh, let me think, um, was a cruise. Hmm. And I cruised to Jamaica, I think it was my first one, or the Bahamas. I think it was the Bahamas. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Bahamas. And I so enjoyed it. I'm like, this is how you live. Okay. On the cruise ship, all the food you can eat. Now, this was definitely pre-COVID. Right. But, <laughs> and you're dancing, you're having fun. Remember, I'm the party girl. So, oh, I enjoyed it. And, and then it was like, what's the next cruise? Another cruise, another cruise. But I never did a land stay. Mm. So then uh, a friend of mine was doing a Jamaica girls trip. Sign me up. <laughs> and I was my first land trip. Oh, my goodness. I had so much fun. And I've been to, uh, gosh, I've been to Puerto Rico. Uh, I've been to the Bahamas, mm-hmm. some cruise, some land. Um, I just came back. Our company now does overseas conventions, mm-hmm. and our cruise was—I mean, our convention was in Punta Cana. Ooh. I'm getting ready. Our next cruise, in, our convention in August is going to be in Puerto Vallarta. Um, I went to Egypt with uh, our group. 
oh my goodness, seeing the pyramids close up, being able to walk, we did a Nile River through, wow. so you know, where Moses was in the basket, and people were fishing and stuff, and I mean, I have had so many great experiences. I was able to take my granddaughter to, uh, where did we go? It was uh, in, it wasn't, it was in Mexico. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly where. Um, as a travel agent, I was able to go to Cancun and stay at, the, at three different resorts. It was with the Sandos, not Sandos, but S-A-N-D-O. Oh, mm -hmm. I stayed at three of their resorts in Cancun, and they took such good care of me. They made sure I was safe. I got to my next place. The one thing I did learn, and a suggestion, if you're going to another country, learn some basic statements mm -hmm. in their language. Yes. You know, if you're going to Mexico, at least know how to say where's the bathroom. Yes. Uh, what's the phone number? What's, you know, I mean, you've got to know some basic things. Mm -hmm. If you're going to take a taxi or something, know where you're going. Know how to say it in their language. Mm -hmm. Because you need that. Yeah. You know, they're, you know, you go into these countries and they're speaking whatever the language is, you don't know what's going on. No. My first trip when I went to Cancun, I went by myself, mm -hmm. and I went on the Volaris airline. Okay. I did not know that was a Spanish airline, Spanish-speaking airline. When the stewardess, well, actually, when it was time to line up, Nobody spoke English. And I'm like, when do I get on the plane? I got my ticket. And, and you know, they were like, what? Right. And so all those little things that you should know how to do, make sure you know how to say them in whatever the language is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that's that's true because um, it, it, you get lost. You get lost. And um, I, I'm so happy. To hear that you you traveled all over with your kids is 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 great. I I again was not able to do that, but um, when our oldest turned nineteen, well eighteen, um, actually she was seventeen. Oh my gosh, um, she graduated high school from when she was seventeen, but she took Italian for four years. So she she could she speak Italian now. I I try to get her to take Spanish because she is, she is half Puerto Rican, but she didn't want to learn Spanish. But whatever. <laughs> Fine. Um, but so she, she was bullied in school a lot, so she didn't want to go to the trip to Italy with the students from the Italian, because she was in an Italian club. She did four years, right? right. So um, I said, okay, but I, I wanted you to have an experience. I need you to go away overseas see the world right so I found this this group that of teachers that take students overseas nice. um, and they're students from different schools around the area and they go as a group so you don't have to worry about the safety of your kids right because right. we, we all met for months every week getting to know each other so we knew who the teachers were and, and things like that. So she was able to go to Scotland, Ireland, Wales, and um, 
she went to Northern and Southern Ireland and stayed overnight at a house um, and um, helped at an orphanage. Oh, wow. Yes. So I, I know that's a memory that she will have in her mind always, forever. Yes, yes. And um, it was amazing. And yes, I was scared. But I knew she would call me and she would send me pictures and, you know, she ate food from the region and learned different dialects and, you know, so speaking and engaging with the community is priceless. It, it is priceless. It is. And it adds value to you, I think. Right? It does. And opens your eyes and look at things differently. Yeah. And that's what uh, more children, you know, more of our kids need to do is to see things that there's more than just their little environment, mm -hmm. and it, that could be either in a poverty situation or it could be in a wealthy situation. Right. It's There's still more things in your little world that you need to experience and see because then you can more interact and relate to other people. Yes, yes. And um, you're more understanding, and I, I think it make, makes you culturally aware. Yes. Makes you culturally aware. Yes. Um, and I think we need more of that because we get so sucked into our little circle. Yes. That it's like, okay, there's more people out there. So I always say, meet people and make friends from all over the world. Right. So I have friends from Africa, different regions in Africa. I have friends from Thailand, from Philippines. <laughs> you you know, you make me fit. You made me remember a experience. I went to South Africa. Oh yes. And it was a, a teacher, a Fulbright scholarship that I received, and so the teachers were all there. And it was right after apartheid had ended. Ooh. And going and seeing the people that were out of work, mm -hmm. that were, you know, in situations that we would be, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? But they were out there making it happen. Yes. And that was a great experience for me. We, we stayed with um, the African people, South African people, and we also stayed with the Afrikaners. Oh, the nice. The white South African, African people. And uh, went to the schools and just seeing those stark differences, you know, and we would go to the Afrikaner schools and they'd have technology and classrooms, tables, and everything, and I mean, they were still very respectful, and, and, and you know, there was no issues that we had, mm -hmm. but then we would go to the African homes, and, and the first thing they'd ask you is, you want something to eat? Yes. It's like, uh, no, <laughs> but they were just, that's just the, the custom is you offer some food and some water. Yes. And you do that with everybody, and, but just seeing the, the, the little that they had and how they made it big and they always were open to share with others. And so seeing that difference in culture, one, and it made me be proud to be, say, African-American because I've been to Africa, I saw the people, I even got a couple of marriage proposals. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take them. <laughs> but, I mean, it broadens your, your vision of, like you said, cultures and people and the world in general, that it's not just us. It's just not the United States. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more out there, a lot more countries, cities, people, 
and we should be open to go and visit them. And that's what travel enables you to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love being in the travel industry and helping people to learn how to enter into it and not only enjoy it, but to make money in yeah. it as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, being a travel agent, yeah, you know, people think, oh, they don't use travel agents anymore because they just go online. No. I read an article yesterday about how if you're going on a cruise, it's best to go through a travel agent. Mm-hmm. Because as travel agents, they know the time of year that you should go, yeah. whether you don't want to go in it's hurricane season or typhoon season, you know, those little things that they've researched. The travel agents research, they know. Mm-hmm. And which the rules on this, this uh, cruise. You know, maybe this cruise says you can take your mask off here there. The other one may say, oh, no, masks everywhere. I mean, all that information, so it's better to use a travel agent. So it's a high need right now for people to become travel agents because more and more people now are saying, okay, got my mask off. I guess it's safe. I'm going to go travel because I've been in the house for two years. And so, you know, what I do is I help them learn how to become travel agents and how to become successful and build a travel business. Mm-hmm. But also, there's an opportunity if you want to help other people that you can make money through another way, you know, through mm-hmm. direct sales. You know, just okay. like a lot of the other direct sales companies, travel has a direct sales component as well. Nice. So there's many ways. I think our company says we have over 32 ways to make money. Mm-hmm. And so anybody interested, we're Healing Nations with Vacations. Nice. So join the movement. Give me a call. Go to my website. That's what I'm here for. That's right. Healing Nations with Vacations. I love that. I mean, I, I, I really do. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to my next trip. Like I said, we're we're taking a cruise. <laughs> First, where are you going? Um, on it's a four day cruise, uh, Nassau, Bahamas. Nice. Yeah, we're on nice. Nassau for four days, um, and, and and it's a nice ease back into it because um, yes. we've been closed out for a while. Um, I have not gone anywhere since um, the pandemic. My husband, on the right. other hand, has been out and about he's been he's already been to the Bahamas last summer diving so he's a certified scuba diver Uh, and uh, he was in kayaking in the Hudson really he kayaked the Hudson yeah the water, water and me. Uh, yeah. Cruise, I was, yes. But a kayak, unless yeah. you're close to the water. I was, yeah. So, so you're talking about a praying woman that whole time? Yes. <laughs> it was October. Oh, wow. I said, Lord, just bring my husband back home in one piece, please. And, thank and he you. came back safe. And he came back safely. Um, yes. Um, so, yeah. So, he's been traveling. So, it, it'll be nice to get back in there. But, like you pointed out. I need to find out what the regulations are for the Bahamas right. while I'm on the cruise ship. I mean, yes. with the norovirus and all the illnesses that broke out pre-pandemic, they were actually doing pretty well. Like, all the things that they have us doing now, they were already doing right. that on the cruise ships. 
Remember, I mean, you yeah. remember you walk into the dining facility, you're, you know, sanitizing. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Yeah, they, they, they're squirting it for you. We didn't see like, you. <laughs> yeah, we don't want you touching it. We're going to do it. We're doing it for you. Right. So <laughs> I honestly don't think they have much more work to do on that end. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's just going to be different. And I'm just really interested to see. So um, that will be my first trip since the pandemic. Um, oh, what ports are you going to? Um, Coco Cay. Oh, nice. And um, don't remember the other spot, Nassau. Coco Cay and Nassau, Bahamas. It's only a four-day. Like This one's a short okay. one. Um, so we're only going to those two spots and then back. Right. Um, You'll have fun. Yeah, I... I I'm, I said I'm going to have fun either way. It's it's going to be That's a nice right. trip. <laughs> it's going to be a nice trip, a nice getaway. Um, so, yeah. So, so I am really interested in, in that travel. And I know a couple of friends of mine had asked me about um, visiting your website. So. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> Victoria, <laughs> one of them, um, will be definitely is interested in that. So, um, definitely... You will be leaving me your information, and I will definitely post it up so that um, it's there for everyone to reach out to you for, okay. for both. Yes, um, I will. For your book and for, for your traveling business. So um, what's next for Dr. J? <laughs> well, um, we are having a big, um, what is it? It's a business meeting called The Platform in Vegas, uh, April 4th through the 11th, through the 10th. And I uh, am able to do my first speaking engagement. I know, I am so excited. No, I, I It's can't. one of those, you want people there in the room room 30. Now, I, you know, I don't know how many will be there, but it doesn't matter. It I'm doesn't do matter. It. I'm, I'm, I'm um, like, I can't wait for my... I love to be able to <laughs> just travel around, travel, you know, I gotta travel. You gotta travel. <laughs> And speak to people and, you know, the hurting people and help them to learn how to move forward. Oh, and then for those that want to become travel agents or who want to do direct sales, I'm here. Oh, you know, that's three different ways I can help people. And I'm working uh, with, the, with the business to get my website together so that those areas are on there. Um, I want to make videos, podcasts, maybe. Yeah. Um, of, of the, from different chapters from my book. Absolutely. On how to heal. You know, it will go along with the book. Mm -hmm. It would have some additional information. And I'm looking to write my second book Thank called uh, Still Able. Oh. Because I'm still able. Because, you know, when I, I wrote the first book, I wrote it totally from my heart. Mm -hmm. strictly from my heart and so there's a lot of emotions in there and I love that but now that I'm healed a little more mm -hmm. I want to write more meat as far as instructions here's what you can do mm -hmm. you know you know how I felt because you read the first book right so you know all the feelings and you know why but now let me elaborate on here are some strategic ideas, tips that yes. you can do. And so that it'll be like a continuation, mm -hmm. not a regurgitation, but a continuation of my first book. 
with more. Then the teacher comes in. Right. All right. You got the emotions out. Now, let's get to work. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's my goal. That's my vision for the next uh, couple of years. I want to have that. I want to be able to travel around and speak to groups of women and just share my experience, my story, and help them heal through that and feel better about themselves. Yes, yes. I'm going to join you on that bandwagon, too. It's going to be a, okay. we'll be on that circuit together. How about that? I love it. <laughs> I would love it. Let's start planning it. Yes, because that is my goal, too, is to go around and, and just teach and, and educate on health and wellness and just, you know, remembering you. Self-care health, is not wellness and, well, Health, wealth, and wellness. Health, wealth, and wellness because they all go together. That's right. They really, really do. So you got the health and the wellness. I got the wealth. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. <laughs> Say somebody sponsor us. Or That's hire, right. Hire us. Hire us. We're, we're, we got this. <laughs> Curriculum's yes. already written. <laughs> Just call us and we'll show up and lives will be changed. That's right. Um, how my grandmother used to say, you show up and you show out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? And I love it. And I love it. And, um, yes. And I'm not kidding either. I'm, 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 I'm on it. Like if, if you need a okay. speaker, I'm, 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 I got it. I got it. I'm, I'm already prepared. All right. <laughs> well, let, let's go. <laughs> no. And I did want to say that. If you or others are able to come on Thursday, April 7th, mm -hmm. to Vegas at the Rio, uh, as a guest of mine, you can come and spend that one day free. Oh, nice. On the 7th? On the 7th, April 7th, because that's the day I'll be speaking, too. Oh, nice. And we're having a, a expo, a business expo, so you'll be able to shop and buy clothes and purses and oh, whatever you want to buy. It'll be available there, a jewelry. And there'll be more speakers, just me, there's others. Yeah. But there'll be speakers that you can hear. And then, you know, after you spend, spend that day, even if you decide that I want to do Friday and Saturday too, there's ways that you can buy your ticket to come on Friday and Saturday as well. Nice. And Sunday. Okay, Diana. I know. On Sunday, and I know you've heard it lately, we always have a gospel fest because mm -hmm. we got to give honor to God. On Sunday, our guest vocalist is Helen Baylor. Oh, wow. Helen Baylor. And that is free wow. for people to come to. See? Again, you have to be a guest to somebody. So right. You can come as my guest. But Helen Baylor, she sings that our God is an awesome God. Oh, my goodness. I used to sing that at our church. Love that song. Yeah. So. Yeah. Everybody come out. Oh man, and and I I'm 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 jealous that I can't make it. Um <laughs> I worked really hard, but I'm putting my hat in for next year, okay? okay. As a speaker and a vendor. Okay. We we're, we're going to start the, the sign up week this year for next okay. year. Okay. So I will make sure you have that information. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. All right. So you guys heard it here. You come see us <laughs> wherever we're going to be. I don't know if it's Vegas yeah. next year, but. 
It's <laughs> next year Vegas at okay. the Flamingo. All right, so you can come down to the Flamingo next year and see us all. But this year, you can catch Dr. Jamila Williams at the uh, expo. Um, and remember, if you do go, you have to mention that you're her guest. Um, otherwise, you won't be able to get in. Um, so yeah, definitely right. remember. We do that. have a sign up link, so and you're going to give me really that. Interested in coming on Thursday? Just um, you can email me, and I'll give you my information and my website. And you can just uh, get in touch with me and let me know that you want to come as a guest on Thursday. I'll give you the link. You just go there, sign up. It's no charge. You just sign up as a guest for Dr. Janine Williams. Nice. I love it. Because that. we make a list. You get a name tag and everything. So. And I, oh, you know what? And I love expos. Um, I love going to see the different vendors. And now that I can't, I am a vendor and can be a vendor. It makes me that much more excited to to yes. to share and and see and. Guys, I'm telling you, that stuff that the vendors have is amazing. I always go broke from from vendors. Right. <laughs> right. And you think about, like I said, from jewelry to headgear to uh, books to uh, what, clothing. Yes. I mean, you can come out of there just totally decked out and ready. Yep. Oh, we do have a, we're doing a Great Gatsby oh, on Friday night. Yes. The Great Gatsby, and now there is dinner. It's a, there is a charge for that, mm -hmm. and then on Sunday we're having our black and white party where we're just gonna let our hair down and nice. have a good time jamming. Yeah, and there's no charge for that. So see, but again, you know, you have to come as a guest of someone. Mm -hmm. You can't just show, show up, up and say, "Hey, party time!" You know, you gotta be a guest of someone. Right. But so we've got that full. So you know, next year you gotta be ready. I'm gonna be ready. Okay. I got the outfit already planned in my head. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Well, won't be great guests for next year, though. It's okay. But I'll let you. I'm ready. I'll let you know. <laughs> it's in a white, black and white party. Mm -hmm. Always got a black cocktail dress. Got two of them on hand. Uh, all right. All right. Bring your comfy shoes because you're going to be dancing. <laughs> Even got comfortable ballroom dancing shoes. There we go. Well, you're ready. I told you I'm ready. <laughs> We got this. Um, thank you so much. I swear. I, I, I tell you, I, I love having guests. I love, I mean, especially when you have great energy. It makes that conversation go great. And I just looked at the time and I'm like, oh, my gosh, we've already been at it an hour. Um, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, I, no, I just happened to just look down. And it's like, oh, okay. Yes, it's been an hour. <laughs> But that's that, and that's the beauty of it. Um, it's just like when you have great conversation and you know, heartfelt conversation about life, growth. I mean, we went through you, who you are, to where you've been and where you're going, right? And and, and we can still probably peel away at a few more things, right? Because yes. I still got a few more questions in there but I, like I said I looked over at the time I'm like oh I gotta stop <laughs> <laughs> but that does not mean that that we cannot pick up this conversation again later on because you can't you can and I am inviting you to come back <laughs> well, thank you very much I appreciate that absolutely absolutely um because uh, uh, I'm it's like I'm going to induct you you are Auntie Jamila now. 
Okay. <laughs> I'll accept that. You accept that? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, guys, Andy Jamila, I love, that. Yes, I love people that, especially when you're on the same, you know, wavelength. Yes. So, we will definitely have you come back and, you know what, and just talk again about, like I said, I have more questions, definitely. And, you know, we have more things to uncover about health, wealth, and, well, you know, being yes. our authentic selves. All right? Yes. Because just having a conversation with you, I didn't even need to ask the question, how are you pre presenting your authentic self when you showed up to people? Because I can see that you already do. What you see is, is who you are. And um, that's, a, that's a great thing because it's hard for some people to, to be that. And, right. and, and present that. And I'm, you know, that's just me speaking for self. You know, wearing so many masks, showing up in different places, and wondering which one to put on that day. Um, right. It's hard. It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. And so learning how to do that, you know, that's another discussion. Right. Of when you're at work or you're, you know, in a public area, you can't always be yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, and... But like, it's kind of like what I, and I'm going to close here if I finish, but it's kind of like I told my children when I was a teacher, is that you have your who you are, mm. where you were raised, all the who, the real you. But you also have to learn a business language mm. so that you can get into area, areas that may have been closed before, but you can break through that barrier if you know how to maneuver yourself, talk in a certain way, mm -hmm. look a certain way for that situation. Right. Now, that doesn't change who you are. That's just like your daughter, where she spoke English, but then she also spoke Italian. Mm -hmm. When she went to Italy, speaking Italian, it didn't change who she was. Mm -hmm. She was just able to maneuver through a different situation. Right. So, like I said, that's another topic. That is, that is. I, and I wrote it down, too, in my notes for next time. Because, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I do take notes. So, um, uh, I have that in my notes for next question for next time when you come back. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you and meeting you. Um, it's always say when you can meet someone that's a like soul, that's always a blessing, another person to add to your, to your circle, and um, another person to pray for you and pray over you, right? Yes, definitely. And we can all use additional prayer. So I thank you. I thank you for taking your time out to, to spend with me. I appreciate it. And I am proud to be your first podcast. <laughs> yes, first time ever. <laughs> I'm going to do You made me feel at ease, so thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I look forward to many, many more conversations with you. Um, so we will close with that. And um, if you guys have any questions about anything that Dr. Jamila Williams talked about, um, I'm going to have her information in the show notes so you guys can reach out and also the information about the event in, um, 
in April, April 7th through the 10th, so that you can also register should you be free. And I am going to tell you, if you can make yourself available, please do. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to, so you won't see me there. But you'll get to spend time with Dr. Jamila and shake your tail feather just a little bit while you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So with that, I thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again in person. Right? Person, yes. Or Zoom again. You know, we've been doing a lot of Zoom. So definitely look forward to seeing you. We get that tour together. I know. I know. Get started on that. I know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. Right? Yeah, I'm working on it. So we, we have a couple of things going on, but we're going to get that tour together for sure. I want to say thank you so much to Dr. Jamila Williams, Auntie Jamila, uh, for joining us today on the Soulful Eclectic. It was an honor and a pleasure to have a conversation with you, to learn more about you, and also to learn how we're able to travel and do all these great things. And you showed us that even though we've retired for one thing, we can continue to build our lives doing something else, something that we love. And it's so amazing to see. And it's, it's amazing to see the people of the black and brown community embracing that. Right. So I want to thank you again for coming on. Thank you again for sharing your love for teaching, your love for uh, education, the, your love for the children, just your, your passion. I, I love that you shared you and your passion and, you know, how you handle life, how you handle grief, how you handle the balance of maintaining your sense of self and how you had that journey. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot thank you enough. So with that, we're, we're done with this episode. Uh, this is a long one. So if you need to break it up, by all means, break it up. But I encourage you to just listen to it. And I, I, there's food for thought in here for, I think, for everyone, everyone. So again, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. And if you ever need hair care or skin care, please look up DivineNubianEssentials.com. It's the body butter that is of all body butters, I have to say. And also, if you're looking for tutoring services for someone who is in healthcare careers, reach out to CollinsERM.com and they will definitely get back to you on helping assist your student, especially those students that are in the black and brown community, those students that are English as a second language, the students that Dr. Jamila were talking about. Thank you again and have an amazing rest of your day.